Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, it is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, rolling through the 5 o'clock hour. Stephen Simcox has joined Aaron and me, and uh, always great to have Stephen in studio. He and Lark, oh, 1030, 11, sometime around then tonight, will have that scoreboard show. And that's a great show, man. That's a uh, big sponsorships. Golly, all the car dealers were fighting over who's going to sponsor that thing this year, and um, that's a that's a cool that's a cool show. Stephen, um, great to have you. Are you uh, how are you enjoying that? I mean, you you're a man that um, you've got a regular day job now, make a lot of money off in the mortgage business, but kind of being back on a weekly basis, talking high school, have uh, that never gets out of your blood. How much have you enjoyed? Uh, just kind of the weekly uh, nature of that. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, we get to react to those scores live and typically talk to, you know, one or two coaches, which is really fun. And, um, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's 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 late nights, which I think you were a man that used to enjoy a late night. Now I feel like you've kind of uh, grown up a little bit more and, and you are you like to retire early. But I know on a Friday night, Matt, you love nothing more than to get on that Texas football app and just kind of – look around, you know, yeah. Central Texas and see what those scores were. And so uh, it's always fun. There's always a few surprises. And, um, you know, the, the show kind of writes itself in a way because we ne- obviously we never know exactly what's going to happen week to week. That sounds like my show every afternoon. <laughs> you never really know what's going to go down. That's right. <laughs> it's just, it writes itself it better because I'm not going to write it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, I mean, it, but this is fun stuff because um, – like tonight, I will. My daughter is, is a high school varsity cheerleader, but they had their game on Thursday. So I can kind of, and they had a big victory. So I can kind of focus and look around at some of these different games. I love seeing like who the Waco Tribs picking. You know, the, the contrarian Conine, Chad Conine's always picking against DJ and Bryce. And then they'll send Zach out there somewhere. They're usually like, Zach, go check on Midway. And lo and behold, Midway won a big game last week. Everybody's kind of been waiting on that. Come on, Midway. Come on. Let's get back to the old days. And Shane and them won a big game. I know that's one that you'll be talking about tonight. Midway and Harker Heights getting it on. Now, what do you, what do you kind of, how do you see this one playing out? And do you sense that Midway perhaps has a little bit of momentum? I mean, what allowed them to have that breakout scoring game? What do they have? Is it a running game? Is it do they got they have somebody back there tossing it around? What's uh, Midway been able to do when they've been effective? Yeah, forty-five points in that game against Hutto, which was fantastic. Uh, Ty Brown looked really good throwing the ball around. Um, he, he came over from Belton in the off season, but huge win for the Panthers. I mean, that's been a team that um, they, they've struggled with the the realignment in the last few years, but. Uh, a big breakthrough victory. They're one and zero in district play, and I mean that's what that's what matters at this point. Harker Heights was actually you know picked to um, win this district going into the season. They had a, a tough loss to Pflugerville Weiss um, last week, fifty two to twenty one was the final score. Pflugerville Weiss is ranked number fifteen in the state right now, so they're off to a nice start. But um, yeah, Ty Brown had you know a passing touchdown, a couple of rushing touchdowns on Friday night for the Panthers. Uh, they got down in that game fourteen to three. 
and were able to claw their way back. I do think that was a big emotional win for them um, on the road, and now they get an opportunity uh, to to come back and and get a victory at home, and that would be huge if they can start two and zero in district play. Uh, you know, your overall record's two and four, but at that point, it doesn't really matter because you sort of have the inside track before you take on Temple uh, the next week, and then Heights is trying to um, get back on track and kind of set things up. But uh, in some contrasting styles here, you know, I, I think Harker Heights they want to run the football, they want to keep this as a lower scoring affair. So we'll see who sets the tone, but. Big opportunity uh, for Midway to really get off to a great start and the the most important part of their season and have a chance to set them up to sort of control their own destiny moving forward as the playoff race gets started. All right. Our buddy out there has his uh, play-by-play board set to go. And I just hope everybody, hope spotters are on their best behavior tonight <laughs> and don't have any mishaps out there. Low, okay, now, Academy and Lorena. I love this Lorena team. I have for years. They got a connection to the great John Henry out there. In fact, I believe his son is uh, has lined up. He's been putting up some great yardage. In fact, I reached out to John the other day uh, via social media, and uh, that's about the only thing Facebook's good for. You know, occasionally <laughs> you can grab somebody on one of those messenger deals, and uh, otherwise you're getting like everybody's trying to hack you. That messenger thing is like. <laughs> The worst thing ever. But Facebook as a whole is bad. But like on nice day, you know, like National Sunday or National Daughter Day, oh, it's all fun. I do like seeing everybody. Of course, we didn't. I had to explain to my daughter, like, you know, Parker, Mom and I don't post much. <laughs> <laughs> we we do. We are very proud of you, but we just don't. We kind of lurk. Post. Yeah, y'all, y'all are lurkers. That's, that's how yeah, you do Yeah, yeah, we're not trying to post stuff, but that's okay. I think she understands and did not was not hurt by that. But Academy at 5 and 0 oh, um I, th- this one this one uh, has my attention. How do you see this thing shaking out and and what do you what do you kind of like about these teams? Yeah, Academy's off to a really good start. Uh Mark Mullins their coach. He was the OC offensive coordinator under Chris Lancaster, um, who's now obviously at Robinson, mm-hmm. uh, but did a really nice job there and is now taking over as a head coaching role. And Academy scored over 40 points in four of their first five games. Um, so they, they've been really efficient on the offensive side of the ball. And their defense lately has been super effective. They held Troy to 21 points last week. Um, kind of gotten a little bit of a shootout with Salado, but ended up pulling away and winning 55 to 28. So this is a big barometer for them uh, because obviously Lorena has, along with, um, like Cameron Yo and uh, Franklin and those schools have have sort of been the standard of this district and region for a long time. Lorena did drop two non-district games, but to really good opponents in China Spring and La Vega, uh, playing up a little bit before district play started. So big time matchup, and yeah, I mean a chance for Academy to really establish themselves as a team to watch moving forward. This is a gauntlet of the district: Rockdale, Franklin, Troy, also involved along with McGregor, and so. Uh, it's going to be tough every week, but this is one that I know both teams have circled because uh, a nice chance for them to kind of set the tone moving forward the rest of the year. I like your historical perspective. You having grown up there, Aaron having grown up uh, in the shadows of all these local stadiums. Uh, that, that's one of the reasons I love talking to you guys about Central Texas football. Now, Temple, not its usual self. In fact, I kind of knew it because I thought they were supposed to beat Arlington Martin. I guess Arlington Martin's turned out to be okay this season, right? They're, they're, I think they're a pretty good record. But Temple, yeah, I, I, you, 
you refresh my memory on the record, and that one kind of surprised me because I always assume, hey, they're rolling. They win that district year after year after year. But this has been a tough one. Ward White's getting ready to call that game tonight. And uh, Pflugerville Weiss, or, or like, as I like to say, Vice, <laughs> all right, just because of my international flavor. Uh, what, what do we think about this one? I mean, because I, I don't sense you've got a lot of confidence that Temple's going to turn the corner this evening. Well, for, for Temple, I mean, the whole time during non-district, it, it was a struggle. They lose to McKinney Boyd. They lose to Willis. You, you talked about that loss to Arlington Martin, which was in the, the old uh, Ranger Stadium, which – if you ever want to hear about uh, football games in a baseball park in the weird dimensions, Ward Whites would love to talk to you about that, Matt. He was just fascinated <laughs> by that whole experience, getting to see that game and call that game in the old uh, baseball venue. But um, <laughs> while that was all going on, everybody thought, well, Temple, they're playing really, they're playing a really tough non-district schedule. They're getting some things worked out. Once district play starts, they'll really hit their stride. But they had a tough loss to Brian last week. 53-25 was the final score. Um, they, they have a new quarterback, Demarion Willis, who took over after a couple games, and he's brought some juice to this offense, but just a lot of mistakes, some sloppy play, which is very uncharacteristic for a Scott Stewart team. So on paper, I mean, this is a, a their underdogs tonight against Pflugerville Weiss, uh, but I was telling you in the break, like this is a, this is a big chance for them. If they're going to kind of turn this thing around and take a stand, even if you, you know, winning would be paramount, but even if you can just have a good showing against this team going into that midway game next week, I think that would be a nice boost for this group because they've just sort of been, you can tell, like they've been been kind of beaten down by these these losses and some of the uncharacteristic play. So um, an opportunity to, to turn it around tonight, but a really tough opponent down there on the road in Pflugerville. And so uh, Ward Weitz will have the call of that one on Fox Sports Central Texas tonight. I'll be listening, and uh, Ward does a great job. Love that. I'd love. I will ask him about those dimensions <laughs> over there, what they call what Choctaw or whatever it's called now. But yeah, uh, Choctaw Park. You're right. Named yeah. weird to have a high school venue named after a, a casino, but hey, that, that works. I just kind of know it is like wherever Bob Stoops is coaching. <laughs> <laughs> whatever upstart league he's involved with, him and Hal Mummy getting together. He's like, his whole job is like, I'm going to do something that allows me to watch my son play at OU, but still, you know, make some money in the offseason. And then they put him in the booth last week, the OU booth. And it was so funny because the other team at Cincinnati, they were playing. And then the other guys thought they were faking injuries. And you just hear Bob Stoops, like he's the adult in the room. Guys, I don't like saying this. I don't like, (laughs) I don't, basically like, I don't think y'all should do that. Toby and Lehman. Who, who was that guy? Teddy Lehman. Teddy was just like, wee, 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 wee. I mean, I don't have that huge of a problem with it. But, yeah, somebody said that to me one time. I said it in a text, in a private text. And somebody said, here at ESPN Central Texas, we do not use the word we. And I wanted to say, go have four generations in your family at <laughs> Baylor and then come back and tell me not to say we in a private text. We don't say we here at the here at ESP in Central Texas. You tell them, Matt. Thank you, thank you. I'm, I don't know. I've got a lot of aggression all of a sudden, <laughs> Stephen. I don't know if you brought this out in me. Uh, we continue on, uh, and so that's going to be a fun night. Now, what will you sort of after you do this, and as you start to prepare and monitor all these games, will you cross the parking lot to that Sonic? What do you have in mind tonight? Do you have uh, a Coney Island dog 
<laughs> in mind, or do you think maybe the uh, the cheese fries? What do you What do you think you might go with tonight? Yeah, Sonic. They they always they they treat us well. They always bring burgers and fries over. But I think I'll venture over there. And I really like these buffalo chicken bites, Matt. I don't know if you've had those before. I've had two friends that posted online on social media about how much they love them. One of them was like, if they don't get rid of them, I'm going to gain 20 pounds. So I've heard good things. I haven't had them. (laughs) That's an exact quote. I feel the same way. They're similar to those French toast sticks I used to talk about on the radio with Matt. Uh, They're really good. And yes. One of the great things about working next to a Sonic, you can always you can order on the app and then you can just walk over there. Or if you want to have a human interaction, you can just press that button, talk to someone, a car hop will give it to you. It's, yeah. it's a great, great system they have. I think thank you for walking us through how Sonic <laughs> works. Yeah, I like to I like to teach people how to order at Sonic. It's a really it's a pretty complex process. And is Lark does Lark enter the studio with you? Because Lark has other responsibilities. On Friday nights, yeah. I mean, no, the, he's he's a big TV guy. He yeah. uh, he he comes in hot about the time we get started. Yeah, and he doesn't like me to make eye contact with him. But <laughs> that's actually in his contract, so he's very professional. Keep that in mind, so <laughs> we just roll with it. Oh, he's got always got a good ball cap on. I love I love Lark, and uh, it, it, that's a fun show to listen to. And I as I would be driving up and down thirty five, I was always. When Aaron would do it, I was always listening and and I love all those hearing the scores and that is a that's a uh, just a, just know that's one of the most popular things we do. Stephen is as everybody's driving around. Um, I think that's a, a very cool thing. All right, uh, let's talk some college football for a second. A fun game uh, tonight that our buddy Drake apparently. I don't totally understand this. Drake Toll now has a show noon to two. I mean, I understand that sort of, but like <laughs> I, like he said, somebody flew him to BYU. They flew him to Provo. I, I again, I don't know what outfit did this, but some group that he's going to be appearing with out there just said, "Yeah, we'll fly you out here." And so he was at a BYU soccer game last night, and and boy, that looked like a good scene. I tell you, the LDS people—they everybody kind of jokes. Oh, they're not, you know, kind of like they do with Baptists. But the LDS—they really are vocal. They have yeah. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a great fan base. Now, Cincinnati's at BYU, first Big Twelve home game for BYU. That's an eight fifteen start tonight on ESPN. BYU only favored by one in this game. I. Part of me thinks if I were still a betting man, I would load up on the Cougars, but that's probably what they want me to do. Um, how, how do you how do you see this one uh, breaking down, Stephen? Yeah, I'm tempted to load up on the Cougars too. You know, Keaton Slovis has been really good. I know they had that they they beat Arkansas and then they kind of came back down to earth by losing to to Kansas. But Cincinnati first year under Scott Satterfield, they they won a game against Pitt, which I thought was impressive at the time. But since then, I've I've kind of learned that Pitt has some limitations especially at the quarterback position <laughs> and since then they've dropped two in a row Miami Ohio and I mean that game against OU it was close in the final score but it never really felt like they were in that ball game so I think I think BYU handles business here I'm pretty shocked with that line but again as you said yeah. Vegas Vegas typically knows these things ABC has uh Kansas and Texas playing I think Kansas obviously will stand up and play them a lot better than my Bears did. 
Uh, but it's 2.30 kickoff. Texas favored by 16. That sounds like a line we should probably stay away from. But I, I, see, I do see Kansas hanging around in this ball game. They got a great quarterback. They got a great coach. I mean, it is, does not seem like a Kansas team that's going to let this get away from them. Do you feel the same? Do you see a hang around for the Jayhawks, or do you think that you think the Longhorns roll? No, I agree with you. I mean, as impressive as Texas has been, especially that defensive line, I think you, you talked about Jalen Daniels, who's been fantastic, the Kansas QB. And then Kansas does so many things with misdirection. They're not a team that's just going to run straight at you. Uh, I, I feel like there's some opportunities for them offensively. The key to me will be, can their defense – I mean, Texas's offense has been good enough. They haven't lit up the scoreboard, but they've done their job and moved the chains and scored when they had to. Uh, if KU can kind of slow them down and stay in that ball game, then I, I like Kansas's chances to definitely cover. Uh, but this, se- this seems mm-hmm. like a tougher matchup for Texas because of all the different things Kansas is going to do, and they're not just going to try to you know match you physically one-on-one all game long. Aaron, you like the uh, Longhorns to cover, or you like Jayhawks to cover on a 16, uh, Texas favored by 16 in Austin? I like Kansas to cover. I think they keep it close. All right. And West Virginia coming to Fort Worth. Hit the horn. Hit the horn. Hit the horn, frog score. (laughs) Brian Estridge, play-by-play voice, and now they have a new analyst, Landry Burdine, who I really like. But, of course, John Denton was a great friend of mine. I've got so many good you got friends. So many friends. Broadcaster. One of them may be a little shaky. I like that Elvis Gallego. Yeah, he'll he'll do the Spanish yeah. broadcast for you. Great. Yeah, but he they got him down the sideline now. Oh, they do? For the, for the uh yeah, for the um for the English uh broadcast. Yeah. There Elvis is their sideline guy. I love that. Yeah, so he's been good. I've enjoyed that. Uh, West Virginia uh, TCU favored 13 and a half. I, West Virginia has been, what, they're three and one. Who'd they lose to? They lost to Penn State in their opener. Okay. A good team. A really good team. Um, I, man, I'm almost wanting to kind of pick West Virginia to cover the 13 and a half. I like the Frogs to win at home. Which way are you leaning here? And how are the Frogs looking? Because, you do that Locked On podcast, TCU, mm-hmm. uh, and you watch every one of these games. Since the Colorado game, have the, did it, was it a wake-up call, and have the Frogs looked pretty solid since then? They have. You know, they handled business against Houston and SMU. Uh, it won both those games by double digits and really didn't feel like it was ever in doubt. It still feels like they're leaving some points on the board. I know Baylor fans will probably understand this. The, the Kendall Bryles offense – Struggles in the red zone. Right. Seems also struggle in, in some short yardage execution. Um, but overall, I think TCU's doing a much better job. West Virginia, I have a lot of respect for what they're doing on defense. I know uh, Garrett Green, their starting quarterback, is supposed to come back. They actually beat Tech last week with their backup QB. I, I just feel like it's a tough matchup for the Mountaineers. You know, I, I think TCU can slow down that run game. They have athletes on the outside that can make plays, and they cover. Now the key is 7 o'clock kick. Uh, the frogs are doing a blackout. Can will will the Greek will the TCU Greek life make it to the stadium? Because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes our our brothers and sisters don't always like to get out of the parking lot 
They just yeah. enjoy. They kind of have a blackout of their own uh, and don't make it to the stadium. So I'm I'm calling on all of the the frats and sororities to please make it inside the stadium by 7 p.m. this week. <laughs> okay, he's put it out there, and uh, God has some red zone numbers for you guys. All right, we've got to get ready for the dismount. Always one of Stevens' favorite segments. It meant he could say goodbye to me. 